Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. McLean rezoning discussed by Joanna K. Zavallis. The planning board discussed proposals on January the 15th to develop about 25 acres of property at McLean Hospital, which would require two zones to be amended. The amendments would need to be voted on at the Spring Town Meeting. 20 years ago, Town Meeting approved a memorandum of agreement to rezone more than 100 acres of the campus of McLean Hospital for development of clustered residential housing, affordable housing, a senior community and research and development facility. Since then, all but two of the zones have been developed. 40 units of affordable housing were created. The town cemetery was built and more than 100 acres has remained open space. Most recently, from 2005 to 2013, Northland Residential Corporation built the woodlands at Belmont Hill, which included 111 new townhouse units, 10 units in restored and reused historic buildings, including the stables, South Cottage and Upham House. Michelle L. Gugion, McLean Hospital's Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, came before the Planning Board last week to request slight changes to the Zone 4, Zone for Research and Development, and Zone 3, Zone for Senior Living Continuum Care. Gugion said there was only one proposed development in 2009 by Brookdale slash ARC for a seven-building, six-story, 602,000-square-foot complex, including 482 units and 450 parking spaces. However, the deal fell through, uh, apart due to the state of the economy in 2009, and since then... Gujijian said there have not been any other proposed developments that meet the zone's requirements. However, Northland Residential, the same company that developed the woodlands, would like to purchase 12.83 acres of land in Zone 3 and build 104 units, including 34 townhouses with two to three bedrooms and 71 to two bedroom units in a two- to four-story building, which would appeal to people who are 55-plus empty nesters. And now on to the part two of the McLean Hospital uh, development with my colleague Claire. Thank you, Bob. Senior-directed independent living 
Jack Dolly, president and owner of Northland Residential, said he has been building these types of developments since 1982. It proves attractive to seniors looking to live independently, he said. He thinks it would attract retirees who want to live closer to their grown children and grandchildren. He said people who have purchased these kinds of homes in the past usually do not require a mortgage and most likely have one or two other homes in New Hampshire, Cape Cod, or Florida. This means they wouldn't live in the Belmont homes 365 days per year, and the impact to traffic and services in Belmont would be light, he said. The proposed development for Zone 3 would be very similar to the Woodlands development, which generates about $2 million in annual reoccurring tax revenues for Belmont. Dolly estimates his new proposal for Zone 3 at McLean will generate $1.4 million of recurring revenue for Belmont. Plowing and landscaping services are provided to residents in the development. The proposed development would also include nine affordable housing units. Several affordable housing advocates expressed their concerns about Northland's proposed development at the January 15 planning board meeting. Tommy Olson, member of the Belmont Housing Trust and chairman of the Belmont Housing Authority, said she would like to see more affordable housing and recommended Dolly develop homes that would allow residents to stay in Belmont and not have to move to other towns that are more affordable. Roger Colton, former chairman like the of the Belmont Housing Trust, said the number of affordable units in Northland's proposal is too low. One of the things we found is necessary for Belmont is cradle-to-grave housing. There's a crying need for places to allow aging people in Belmont to downsize, he said. In a January 20 letter to the planning board, Colton and town meeting member Fred Paulson referred to a recent report by the Council on Aging for an age-friendly Belmont, which identifies the housing needs for the aged as smaller and more affordable housing units. Not only is the development of large luxury townhouses not responsive to those needs, but such a development is directly contrary to those identified needs, said Colton and Paulson. Rachel Heller, co-chairman of the Belmont Housing Trust said more than 28% of Belmont homeowners and more than 44% of renters in Belmont are considered cost-burdened and paying more than 30% of their income to housing. Home prices are outpacing incomes. We have a tremendous need for more affordable homes in Belmont for people across ages and incomes, and particularly for seniors and families with children. The McLean property presents an opportunity for Belmont and McLean to work together to help us meet this need. Working together, one quarter of these homes could be affordable, wrote Heller in an email to the Citizen Herald following the meeting. Gloria Leipzig, Commissioner for the Belmont Housing Authority, said there is currently a four-year waiting list for senior housing in Belmont. Proposal for Academic and Residential Building Gujion said Zone 4 needs to be amended for McLean to build a 75,000 to 86,000 square foot 
child and adolescent academic and residential building to house the Arlington School and Pathways Academy. Two 766 approved schools McLean currently operates, as well as space for residential, ancillary, and research services. Gugion said they would need to raise the funds before it could be built. They also want to build a 64,000 to 76,000 square foot separate research and developing building, consistent with Zone 4 zoning. A parking structure would also need to be constructed, she said. The planning board will continue to discuss the proposals for the McLean property at a future meeting. And now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Meet the assistant health director. Diana Ekman previously served as senior public health inspector in Framingham by Joanna Kate Zuvelis. Belmont's health department has an addition to its staff with the recent hiring of assistant director Diana Ekman of Arlington. Her first day on the job was January 2nd. Her annual salary is $72,000. Ekman comes to Belmont from her most recent position as senior public health inspector for Framingham. Prior to that, she was a public health sanitarian for Philadelphia. Ekman says this new position will allow her to use and expand her current skill set in environmental health and also learn about services she does not have as much experience with, such as veteran services and animal control. Ekman received her master's degree in environmental health from Boston University School of Public Health. Her interest in the field of public health grew while she was an intern for the Massachusetts Department of Public Health and the Newton Department of Health and Human Services. My conversations with individuals working in local public health gave me insight into the wide range of services that are provided by local health departments, as well as the joys and challenges of working directly with the public to benefit the health of the community, wrote Ekman in an email to the Citizen Herald. To help the Belmont community get to know Ekman, the Citizen Herald recently asked her a few questions via email. What do you see as the major challenges of Belmont's health department and how will your role be dealing with those challenges? The core task of any health, local health department is the day-to-day -day work to meet mandated requirements for services. In Belmont, that work includes communicable disease monitoring, permitting and inspecting licensed establishments such as food establishments, pools and camps, responding to housing and nuisance complaints, providing veterans services and benefits, and the care and control of domestic animals. My role will be primarily on the environmental health side, performing establishment inspections, taking enforcement action for violations of state or local regulations, etc. I will also be working closely with staff in other roles, both within our, our departments and in other departments in town, to coordinate where our service or educational areas overlap. What are your goals slash ideas related to this part of your job description, education and preventative health programs? I am looking forward to working with other staff in our department to create, an ed to create educational programs and seminars for community members, establishments, and agencies as the need or community interest arises. We are currently working on putting together materials for an educational seminar for our food establishments as we transition into the new version of the food code that the state adopted late in 2018. What do you think are your greatest skills which will benefit you in this position for Belmont? I have a range of training and skills from my previous work in local public health that will directly support my work in Belmont. Equally important, I highly value the opportunity to be constantly learning new things, 
which is important as the science and practice of public health is frequently changing. What do you love about what you do? My favorite thing about working in pu local public health is getting to work directly with members of the public every day. There is always something new to learn as our community is constantly growing and changing. Our understanding of how to best serve the community has to change with it. Over to you, Bob. Thanks, Max. <clears throat> Bubble tea now being served at Sweetheart by uh, Joanna K. Zuvalis. <clears throat> On Trapello Road in Belmont, between Studio Cinema and Belmont Pizza, there's a new place to get what is becoming a popular beverage known as bubble tea. It's Sweetheart, owned by Shuning Lee of Malden. Lee moved from China to America in 2004 with her family. She became a medical assistant, but said it wasn't fulfilling. While studying for her certification, she worked at a store that sold milk tea with boba, gluten-free tapioca pearls, known more commonly as bubble tea. The drink is made with black tea mixed with milk, fructose, and boba or, or fruit jelly in different flavors. Lee said she loved drinking bubble tea from the time she was a child. She said it is now getting popular all around the world. It became her dream to open her own store selling bubble tea. A friend who lives in Belmont told her about a storefront vacancy at 386 Trapello Road, and this past November, Lee was able to make her dream reality opening Sweetheart. The store design depicts Sweetheart's logo of a young female Asian cartoon character inside a red heart. The store name is spelled in both Chinese and English lettering. In addition to a variety of milk teas, Sweetheart's menu also offers smoothies, milk foam, ice cream, and classic tea, as well as a few other Asian treats, including cake and vegetable chips. Since they opened for business, residents from Belmont and neighboring communities have come to the shop and expressed their excitement at seeing the bubble tea available, Lee said. We are pleased to see people in the area accepting this new style of drinks, said Lee. Sweetheart is open Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. For, for further information, visit sweetheart-cafe.business.site forward slash for more information. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Belmont launches business <coughs> survey. The Town of Belmont and the Metropolitan Area Planning Council, MAPC, are undertaking an economic development initiative to focus on business retention and expansion policies with an emphasis on strategic growth locations in town, as well as developing a unifying and consistent vision for town business friendliness. The town finds this to be essential for understanding how to best approach commercial development in Belmont's three commercial areas and beyond. MAPC staff town officials, the Belmont Business Study Group, and interested stakeholders are currently distributing a town-wide business survey, which can be found at Belmont's town's website at www.belmont-massma.gov. 
The town is asking for information about what businesses in Belmont would change to stimulate the town's economy, including their insights into how to create jobs, support business development, and strengthen the community as a whole. All responses are optional, will be kept confidential, and will only be published in aggregate. The survey should take about 15 minutes to complete per business. All the input and guidance provided through the survey will be included in the Belmont Economic Development Action Plan. This plan will evaluate the town's opportunities in a holistic manner, which will guide the town's goals and priorities for the next 5 to 10 years. For more information, contact Raul Gonzalez, Economic Development Planner for MAPC at 617-933-0722. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Belmont Reimagines We the People by Joanna Catesuvelis. Hundreds of Belmont residents attended the 25th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Community Breakfast on Monday, organized by the Belmont Human Rights Commission. This year's keynote speaker was Dr. Emmett Price, Professor of Worship, Church, and Culture, Dean of the Chapel, and Founding Executive Director of the Institute for the Study of the Black Christian Experience at Gordon Cronwell Theological Seminary in South Hamilton. Price, who is also an author, editor, and contributor to several television and radio shows, and founding pastor of Community of Love Christian Fellowship in Alston, inspired the crowd to remember their personal narratives and challenged them to learn the personal narratives of others. Price shared his own personal narrative about growing up in Los Angeles in the height of gang warfare and what led him to change the course of his life to be a force for good. There's something miraculously wonderful about the fact that we are so different that helps us to revel in the fact that this divine ecosystem is much larger than we could have ever imagined. And it's that that propels me forward to not only be a staunch advocate against hate and anti-Semitism, but also a staunch advocate for us to learn how to see each other, to hear each other, and to feel each other, said Price. Selectman Adam, Chairman Adam Dash also moved the crowd with his words during the breakfast in response to the government shutdown and increase in hate speech. We need to follow Dr. King's example by peacefully, but in no uncertain terms, stating our beliefs. We then need to listen to the other side, find areas of agreement, attempt to persuade on areas of disagreement, and keep on trying, said Dash. There were musical performances during the breakfast. One in particular may have stolen the show. Students from the Belmont After School Enrichment Collaborative, Basic, Records Chorale Group, performed an original song, Equality for a Change. Written by Julia L. Raika Patel, Subi Upadhyay, Tula W., Ori Levine, and Audrey Brenhouse. The words in the chorus of the song were, Boy or girl, black or white, all this is just not right. I sing this song to tell you why hatred makes people cry. This is really supposed to be a free nation, not a place for declaration. Attendees clapped along to the beat and gave it a standing ovation. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Candidates pulling papers for the upcoming town election. The annual town election is less than three months away, which is on April the 2nd. 
There are several positions up for grabs, and contenders are already pulling nomination papers. The deadline to submit nomination papers is February the 12th. Town positions with one or three-year seats. These include moderator, vote for one, one-year seat. Board of Selectmen, vote for one, three-year seat. Town Clerk, vote for one, three-year seat. Board of Assessors, vote for one, three-year seat. Board of Cemetery Commissioners, vote for one, three-year seat. Board of Health, vote for one, three-year seat. Members of the Housing Authority, vote for one, five-year seat. Trustees of the Public Library, vote for two, three-year seats. Members of the School Committee, vote for two, three-year seats. And finally, member of the School Committee, vote for one, one-year seat. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Police partner with Communities for Restorative Justice. The Belmont Police Department recently entered into a partnership with Communities for Restorative Justice, a community-police partnership that offers restorative justice to those affected by crime. The organization, driven by a group of trained volunteers, is guided by a 14-member board that recognizes crime is a violation of people and relationships, not just a violation of law. C4RJ is a nonprofit organization that builds communities by responding to crime in ways that heal, hold accountable, and put right. C4RJ listens to victims and holds offenders accountable. The organization's focus is to assist victims and offenders of a crime through a healing approach outside the court system. Through C4RJ's process, victims of a crime respond to an incident by directly addressing the person who committed the crime. In turn, offenders are given the chance to rectify their actions and avoid a potential criminal conviction on their record. Partner police departments, like the Belmont Police Department, recommended cases to C4RJ and if the victim and the offender agree to the process, the matter is given to C4RJ, which facilitates a meeting between both parties, putting the decision-making into the hands of those directly affected. Under the guidance of the Board of Directors and law enforcement officials, the victim, the offender, and their loved ones and supporters, along with community members, discuss the crime and find a way to move forward. The process is as follows. Victims of crime address the person or people who have harmed them to ask questions in a safe environment and to share ideas on ways that the offender can repair the harm. Offenders better understand the impact of their actions, are held accountable, and encouraged to make amends to those they have harmed. The community offers support for the process, addressing matters of public safety and strengthening connections with the police department. At the end of the meeting, the offender pledges to change his or her actions, which are often 
accompanied by completing a number of service hours for an appropriate organization. In 60 to 90 days, all parties meet again to check in and reassess the situation. By giving victims and offenders of a crime the opportunity to express themselves in a safe environment, we can have a dialogue that yields positive results for both sides, said Erin Freeborn, Executive Director of C4IJ. The next volunteer training will be held from 6 to 9 p.m. February 8th and from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. February 9th. For information, visit http forward c4rj.org. Now, here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Upcoming tax programs <coughs> at the Beach Street Center. Talk on tax law changes, 10 a.m. February 1st. One of the AARP tax aid preparers will give a presentation on the federal tax law changes enacted in December 2017 and how they affect the 2018 tax year. This talk is intended for low and moderate income taxpayers who are the focus of the tax aid program. Tax law changes that affect high income taxpayers, where rules change once various income thresholds are crossed, will not be covered. At the end of the program, you may ask questions. Attendance is free. Free tax preparation with AARP tax aid. Free tax preparation will begin on February 4th. The preparers will be at the Beach Street Center on Mondays and Fridays from February 4th through April 12th. This program is for low and moderate income taxpayers. Preparers cannot prepare complicated returns involving such items as rental income, cancellation of mortgage debt, depreciation, moving expenses, extensive investment transactions, and casualty losses, to name a few. General assistance, such as answering questions, will be provided to anyone regardless of income level. Assistance is offered free of charge. Preparers cannot accept payments, but you are welcome to show your gratitude by making a donation to the Council on Aging. Tax preparation is by appointment only. Call 617-993-2970 to schedule. We will send you a list of documents you will need to bring. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.